Welcome back to part two of our episode about how Reebok accelerates brand perception and leverages lookalike buyers. If you missed part one, you'll find the episode on whatever streaming platform you're using. You can also find the link in the show notes. And now, on to part two. If you now turn to the always-on campaigning that you run, perhaps you look at you can talk a bit about how insights and data guides you in steering that. Maybe continuing what, what Josephine said, when it comes to like the global strategy of brand perception, data kind of enabled us to now think account first. So basically, we need global PR and comms, etc. need to do a fantastic job to increase and enhance our perception. But then we as an account can really go into detail and see like, how does the consumer behave? And then kind of change the campaign, maybe within just the slightest detail and make it fit to the Zalando environment 100%. And this is where then data comes into play and enables us to really think account first. So we can set up our account strategy. Yes, always in line with the brand, of course. But uh, we have visibility on what actually makes sense uh, to launch or maybe what even doesn't. So there might be products that work fantastic on other accounts within, for example, gender category. And then maybe it doesn't work the same way on the Lando and then obviously the other way around. So, for example, we recently launched a huge sustainability campaign for which we exclusively created content uh, with the ZMS creative team. These exclusive campaigns wouldn't be possible without the backup of insights and data that kind of prove that this is a risk worth taking. And then, um, you know, we also have data to decide who we are communicating a product story to. So as I said, when it comes to, for example, gender categories, just to give an example, we recently launched a nano campaign, which is one of our like, most well-known training shoes. And it's usually very popular within the CrossFit community. It's usually advertised as a very professional training shoe. But on the Zalando platform, we have 70% girls and not all of them are professional athletes, but more of them are like the everyday girl who just likes to move depending on her lifestyle, depending on, um, I don't know, their preferences. So we really saw the opportunity to then extend our brand strategy and kind of make it fit to Zalando and include those girls that don't go to the gym every day for like three hours, but maybe do their training um, once, twice a week. And it's not only about going to the gym, but just like do their workout, whatever kind of workout it is. So we then reached out to the ZMS Insights team, to the ZMS Creative team, created a campaign that used the same product, that used the same like USP of the product, but made it fit to the Zalando environment with exclusive content influencers that really fit the overall strategy. So basically, with the input we received from the ZMS teams, we are now able to use our resources smart and like very efficient, which is quite important. And kind of yeah, treats Zalando as its like own little world, um, or probably like big world. That's great stuff. And, you know, with the 45 million, I like to say it's like a mid-sized European country <laughs> uh, that you do marketing for. Uh, I would also like to ask about consumer studies that you've done with the Insights team. Can you tell us a bit about the findings that those resulted in? Maybe just to pick like one example, because that's kind of and then easier to explain. We used the ZMS Insights team or the consumer study for a um, campaign that was launched early 2020. 
we had reached out to the team to yeah create a detailed marketing strategy, which uh, with a concept based on key insights of the consumer study. Um, the thing is that this was a completely new silhouette for Reebok itself. So we couldn't rely on any data from previous campaigns or just in general. We were kind of left on our own and needed to find like via lookalike products and needed to find a way and a strategy on how to get that product out there. For example, we found out that the Z-Types, cultural elites, preppies, drivers and street snobs, how they're called, contributed to almost like 50% of the Kinetica lookalike buyers. And that was a huge insight for us because these Z-Types were quite new to us and we now needed to find a strategy on how to reach them. And based on these results, uh, we created a campaign that was mainly targeted towards them. And thanks to the data analysis, we were extremely well positioned to launch the Kinetic issue on Zalando. This is great stuff, again. Now, Josephine, I would imagine, you know, this uh, shows how you can use such data for the product launch process. Would you even say that it may help you in the product design process? Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, I mean, ultimately, you know, everything that we learn through the campaign tracking and the data that we're able to get, you know, will feed into something. <laughs> so whether that's our future planning processes and learnings, or whether it's actually feeding back into something that we can feed back into the global design organization, um, then, you know, absolutely. And I think it's really, you know, it's really fascinating when we actually get these reports back and we're able to kind of dive quite deeply into what the data is telling us because I think you know when you run a campaign or you're finding out information about consumers you always go in with a bit of a preconceived idea in terms of who's buying this shoe or who's most likely to um, you know how are they using it or whatever and there's you know there's always something that surprises you when I think you get the data back and and, and it's really sort of fascinating to to dive deeper into that and as Eula said when we had the Kinetica This was a bit of a different product for us. It's not a classic leather. It's not a club C. It was something that was a little bit more standout and surprising from Reebok. Um, and so we did learn quite a lot, actually, about the types of consumers that were the ones that we should be targeting with this. And I think that if we look at our product, going back to your question there, you know, what we learn through the data that we get from the campaigns, but also through the buyers that we work very closely with um, on the Zalando team, as well as then the, the campaign performance and the insights, is always fed back into our, our global design team. And, and, and I think that over the past, certainly two years um, particularly, we have been able to really make sure that we're influencing product decisions at an early stage um, to make sure that we do have the right products that, um, that meet the needs of the consumers out there. It's a great perspective. Thank you. Now, perhaps we can uh, venture a sneak peek into what you've planned with us in terms of marketing activities in the future, Yula. <laughs> I obviously can't share too much details, but we have for SS22, we have now set up everything with these ZMS colleagues and, and planned some great sports and, and classic campaigns. We are currently in the briefing process of our biggest campaign this season, um, which is going to be a global campaign extension of one of our most iconic sneakers of the 2000s. That will be dropping very soon and definitely keep an eye out for that. Interesting. Perhaps you can also share some predictions as to, you know, where fashion marketing in general is moving this year and perhaps also in collaboration with Zalando. 
Yeah, I mean, a few things here, obviously not claiming to be an expert or having a crystal ball by any means, but a few things that, you know, we talk about a lot and I think are um, very prevalent in the industry that we're in today. Firstly, I think value and purpose-based messages will continue to grow in importance. I think everything that's happened over the past couple of years in the world in general, um, spanning everything from the pandemic to politics has made people much more purpose-driven and definitely can only see that continuing in terms of how people are influenced through their purchase choices. I think linked to that, one of the other things I think is really, really interesting to see is this kind of idea reverse selling almost so again back to one of the points that I sort of made earlier yes of course we do ultimately as a brand want people to buy more products but it's about challenging the traditional ways that people do buy things and see the need that they need to buy things so rather than pushing the need to buy new things every single month looking at the ideas for subscription models for example for reselling um, for rentals etc obviously within that you know recycling products as well um, I think that's a really really interesting part of the industry which um, is fascinating to sort of be involved in at a time when that's really becoming much more prevalent and um, exploding as well and then I think also just we're talking about data today utilizing data in a way that actually serves both the retailer and the consumer you know we're coming at it from the mindset here of a brand but ultimately we're all consumers as well you know we all buy products um, and thinking about how can brands really add value to the consumer experience not only from the purchase that they get but from the overall experience that they have through interacting with the brands as well certainly agree on the macro trends you're alluding to we see that uh, across the board entering mainstream, mm -hmm. as you say. Perhaps you can spend also a sentence or two on how, you know, the accelerated digitization, online customer connection, you think may pan out this year? Yeah, I mean, again, it's just the acceleration continues, doesn't it? Uh, um, I think it's almost mind-boggling to see how quickly, relatively speaking, um, over the past few years that digitalization has literally changed the way that we all work, consume and act on an everyday basis. So I think in 2022, absolutely, I think this will continue, perhaps begin to stabilize somewhat in the hope that also maybe the world begins to stabilize a little bit um, this year, hopefully. But, you know, trying in some ways to kind of see individuals seeing the benefits of both these digital experience but also physical experience you know again I'm sure we've all read pieces where there is an element of people craving that kind of unique physical interactions that you can get through some experience but how can they actually be enhanced in a way that actually those two facets work together and don't need to be one or the other but actually seamlessly can create an enhanced experience for consumers I mean I think consumers will continue to shop online more and more I don't think that's going to change the brands and the retailers out there need to adapt to make sure that their processes behind the way that people do those online shopping matches actually the promises that they're making as well from again if we're referencing sustainability for example there's different habits which have emerged through um, online 
shopping and online behaviours and then sometimes not always in line with then the um, sort of sustainability prompts as well so that's something that's interesting and consumers are becoming more and more aware of but ultimately again kind of back to the point of actually brands and, and retailers working really really hard to enhance the experience for consumers so that they're still able to feel very connected to brands even when their experience is 100% online and I think that's a, a really interesting challenge for all of us in this digital world data ultimately helps us to do that but we need to also put focus on the emotive side the the feeling side to make sure that the experience of buying clothes and products which ultimately is a joyful experience which you know should be fun that that is able to be enhanced and continues to be a really positive experience through the online platform as well very clear thank you As we're nearing the end of the session, what would you say are your top takeaways for using data well and driving brand perception? So I think ultimately probably comes top of the list is just knowing your consumer or your target audience inside out and making sure ultimately that the decisions that are driving your campaign decisions are being made with facts and real people in mind when making those calls. Creating content that ultimately your target consumer, you know, now knowing who they are and and what drives them, creating content that they will love and put it where they are. Again, that's another thing we haven't necessarily touched on, but of course, data enables us to know much, much more about how consumers actually see and consume and, and where we need to put our messages. And then I think I've referenced it a little bit, but I think it's really important, you know, yes, we have to be numbers and data obsessed and we have to make decisions based on facts, but you also have to be willing to, you know, make decisions sometimes that do come a little bit more from the gut instinct and that are sometimes based on on well-placed bets, shall we say, because I think ultimately as much as we can take from data, you're never going to know everything. <laughs> no two consumers are exactly the same, so you have to then sometimes make calls on things. I can add two points to the data part and that's, Super basic, but I sometimes have to remind myself that within the data world, there are no coincidences. So there's usually an explanation for an outcome, be it good or with room for improvement. It's okay to to fail or it's okay to not know everything, um, but I think we need to, to work hard to really deep dive and to try to find a reason. And then one that, you know, we sometimes forget, I think, is analyzing data is more about like quality than quantity, because It doesn't matter how many data points you have if you don't have the resources to analyze them. So if you're not able to draw conclusions from it, the data can't really help you. Uh, so that's something we try to always keep in mind when requesting data, when asking for data, that we need to be able to read it and draw decisions from it. Very good. Things to know for 2022. Thanks so much for your time, Josephine and Dula, and for your great insights. And uh, dear listeners, if you're looking for more, we've also dropped some useful links in the show notes of the episode. So make sure to check them out. Thanks very much, dear listeners, for tuning in. And if you like this episode, hit subscribe. We'll have more wisdom from our top marketers across our partner base in just two weeks' time. Thank you and bye-bye. <laughs>